What's good, people? We're back with another episode of the Four Quarter Talk Podcast. I'm Josh Masofi, joined by, as always, and it is a good day for me, man. It is a good day for me. Yes, sir. We did it, man. As soon as we got that second pick, I think everyone knew, like, from the start that we were always taking Chet, but we wanted to see what would happen, what, what Presti had up his sleeve in terms of the 12th pick with all the... 25,000 draft picks that he has in, at his disposal because our, our rebuild is not going to be seven years long. So, obviously, we have to start using them in more creative ways. And, uh, obviously, he, we, we took Shet, which, now looking back, that's literally the only sure thing in the whole draft was that Shet was going number two because everything else just didn't go how we thought it was going to go. Uh, all the mock drafts, I mean... This is the first time in a few years that I've seen the mock drafts change so dramatically every day. But Chet was always too, but even the odds, the odds makers had uh, Jabari Smith at, at number one for a while, then it was Paolo, then it was him, like, back and forth. Chet for, like, a day. Like, it was just, it was crazy. And then on the draft, obviously, as everything broke out, it was just, it was just insane. But, yeah, man, as an OKC fan, man, I'm happy, I'm happy, like... Obviously, Chet is a project. Like, he's not going to be... He, he probably has the most potential in terms of those top prospects. Uh, but he also has, like, the lowest ceiling, the lowest floor as well in terms of, like, and highest bus potential because, obviously, his unique build. But I think we have, like, the perfect um, environment that, and help like bring him out like he's not gonna he's not coming to save our franchise like we already have players like Shea and Giddy in place Giddy's gonna get the most out of impossible like Giddy with a big Giddy with a lob target is just is insane and then obviously Shea as a scorer just makes things easier for everyone so and I'm just I watched Presti's uh press conference after and I don't know every time he speaks just gives me so much confidence because he like you can see that he has like a plan he has things laid out. He's not just like, it's not the Kings out here just like picking for vibes or passing on players because we don't like their dads or whatever it is. Uh, but he, like, he's got in-depth stories about every prospect from when they were 15, how long he's been scouting them. I don't know. He, he was stalking their mothers when they were pregnant. Like, he, he's really in-depth with these scouting, man. Like, I don't know. He's in-depth with it. He's in-depth with it. So, and he has a plan. He's not just... Obviously, you're drafting best player available at this point of, of the rebuild. Um, and that's what he think. That's He had Chet on the top of his board. He'd not iron up Chet for, or like for a few years. Um, and we're, we're probably in the best position, or at least one of the group of teams in the best position to take a chance on a prospect rather than trying to be safe with our draft picks. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, like number two with Chet would be interesting. Yeah. And especially, I can't wait to see him... Uh, playing against other big oh, I don't want to see this. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, yeah, no, there isn't a player that's prepared to guard Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. But, yeah, it's it's, it's not going to be pretty. Man. I think it's not, gonna be pretty. not even, like, those two, like, other bigs that's, like, bigger than him. Like, bigger bigs. Literally. So it's like, if you're going to, no one has the size to deal with them anyway. At least he's got the. At least he's got like the length on his side to yeah. to be able to contest. But yeah, he is gonna get moved out the way very a lot growing up. But why are we acting like he's the only like wiry prospect like player like that at, to to begin with anyway? And 
there's clearly, if you look at Presti's last few, like the way he's constructing the team, he's clearly going for like a futuristic switchable team that can play multiple positions. Uh, Chet has like rare agility at his size as well. Like he he's a big that's not going to get exposed on the perimeter as much. Uh, he's he's not he's obviously he's not he's not holding like Kyrie Irving or whatever, but he like he's quick enough to make up for what he lacks in size. And then obviously his wingspan is is crazy. But we we're looking at a lineup that, I mean, what uh, Shea Shea Odor would be the shortest in the lineup, and the average height would be like you know towards six ten with like seven foot wingspan. So like. There's there's clearly a formula here that Pressy's going for, and obviously everyone's a three point threat as well. So, you know, that's the one thing. Even though he was able to use those top picks over the years to get superstar players like Westbrook, Harden, KD, a lot of the time our our um our rosters are really top heavy, and like our floor spaces were like Taubo Cephalosha, and like Jeremy Lamb was like our sharpshooter. Like on two K. When I was in like 2K14, I remember I used to think they were like lights out because that those are like the only shooters on our team. We had, uh, I mean, we we had, when we made that Western Conference run, we had uh, <laughs> Andre Robinson at at the three at, <laughs> at the two, and obviously his defense was crazy. But I'd I'd argue uh, Dort's defense is equally as good, but he's actually a threat offensively. So now he's building more of a well-rounded a well-rounded roster that are growing up at the same time, around the same age, and there aren't as many weaknesses on either end. And we were already going into... Last season, before the injuries, we were already a top-eight defence. That's why we were struggling to tank at the start. Like, we'd win all these games we're not supposed to win because our defence was just holding up to a point where it was just hard. Like, offensively... We were all over the place as a young team would be, but the defense was there and the culture is there. So, adding players like we've added, obviously we added Chet. We we got the two Jalen Williams. <laughs> we got both of them. I don't know. I think maybe the scouting department forgot which one was which, so they just drafted both. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Usman. So I that was another underrated thing is that we were able to get two top twelve picks, and all we traded was uh, two protective picks that weren't even ours. Uh, to get it, uh, so I appreciate that Knicks. We'll talk. We'll talk more about the Knicks, but they they love to bless every other franchise, man. I, I appreciate it. They, they, they might they might be the most generous franchise in the league. Uh, yeah, and like with the OKC, like as you said, like it's a bigger interesting because they are all the same age, so they go go yeah. grow together. I think it's similar, like the Celtics core, mm-hmm. like everyone like similar age, and like they can start and compete. But yeah, like. Yeah, the Celtics are like the Chet only. Chet and Polk are gonna be interesting too. In towers, baby. In towers, and Poku is like, yeah, they're not the same at all. But Poku is Poku is interesting to me because if you at first it was like a meme because he's a project, but like if you actually look at him last season for a majority of the season, he was actually balling. Like he showed a lot of potential as a playmaker. Like he would take it up as a point guard and just run the floor, and like his skill is. His skill is insane, so he's starting to pan out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's like the Celtics. Literally, um, there's not many teams where you can look at a team and just like their whole core is like lottery picks they drafted. Like no, so it's interesting in that way. And obviously, as a 
as a front office of a small market team, you have to get creative and you have to build this way. Uh, so, and yeah, I think I think he's done really well. The only the only downside of this is that, firstly, yeah, you do have to start moving some of these picks because there's 15 roster spots. You can't draft four players every year and <laughs> add them to your roster. You know what I mean? So, uh, there's that, and there's a bit of drama because uh, I think they are picking up Dort's option. Uh, rather than extending him this season. So if something isn't resolved, he'll be a free agent next season. And I low-key feel like I wouldn't be too surprised if he wasn't with, our, with us at the end of the next season. Oh, that that would be terrible for OKC. Yeah, I really, want, I really want us to keep him. I just... That's the only thing is that sometimes the way that lines up with the money of people being extended at different times. But I think I think it's worth it. I think the only reason why they wouldn't keep him is because his value is going to be really high. And we're trying to fit a lot of young players into the same kind of uh, positions. Because now, yes, yeah, it's, it's a question what our line, what our starting lineup is. Not a question of door, obviously. But yeah, I, th- I think we need, we need to keep him, obviously. Uh, but yeah, because right now his contract's 2.6 million, but he's going to demand a lot more than that. Once he, I mean, he's been one of the biggest. Uh, he must be. He must have like the best contract in the league, because this two point six million is after we already kind of gave him like a little extension, uh, because before obviously he was an undrafted rookie, so his contract was was like peanuts in NBA terms. Obviously, we we have not touched that, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm not hey, listen, six figures. Give me six figures, man. Give me six figures. I'll take that. But in terms of the NBA. So, um, yeah, and then obviously trying to bring up loads, trying to develop, especially projects, loads at the same time. They're not always going to get the same opportunity that they need. Uh, but, I mean, on OKC, they're going to play all their young players. I mean, people get mad. I saw uh, they're like, oh, OKC tanks so um, obnoxiously and so shamelessly. They play or they, they only play their young players. Like, we only have young players. Like, who, who do you want us to play? <laughs> Shay. Shay's at the oldest. Shay's at the oldest at like twenty-two, and even him, they're like, "Oh, he's yeah, he's getting too old. He, how long can he take this for?" So, well, yeah. when you when you had Al Horford, you set him out because he was old, so probably people got. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never seen the report. It was like Horford <laughs> out old. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was something worked out. They ain't like the only team. It's Rockets fans every time as well. Like you have had John Wall on your roster for a season and a half, and you have not played him. So why are you talking? No, two seasons. And they're paying not- him how much money as well? Yeah, he just picked up forty-seven. His forty-seven million <laughs> player option. But yeah, John Wall probably doesn't even. He probably doesn't even live in Houston. I don't even. Yeah. I don't. I don't even think he lives in Houston because I always see him at runs in Miami. So he probably never even moved out like he obviously at the start when they when he thought they were going to um when he thought he was going to play with Harden and yeah but yeah he probably doesn't even currently live in Houston like he's not played he, he what he played like a, like half a season in his first year so they they they're tanking more shamelessly than us like leave leave us alone they tank from the start of the season we don't even tank the whole season and they get him out of us but yeah um yeah it's interesting thing to balance there uh, but yeah, we can talk about we can talk about some more. Uh, it's not all about OKC, even though we OKC is like seventy five percent of the draft these days. 
But <laughs> but uh yeah, no, nah, yeah, I was gassed with us getting three top twelve picks. Uh, and yeah, we do have to start moving them. I think we gotta move them within drafts, but then all trade up. But also that's when we'll start to OKC will be a destination where we start to target like um disgruntled stars in other uh situations where we can trade, we we can afford to trade people because we picked up Jermichael Green uh in a trade and I'm pretty sure he's gonna get shit before the start of the season. So it's one it's one of those ones where we're because we aren't a t- uh, a free agency destination, we can afford to take these huge contracts from other teams off other teams' hands, kind of revamp their value and then just trade them off for more picks. And then but eventually we need to put ourselves in a position where we can trade those picks for like a star or whatever that that isn't enjoying their current uh, situation and i feel like okc is one of those rare like um small market teams that maybe not in free agency but in terms of uh i think they just have a really good reputation across the league as an organization because a lot of these a lot of these players in the draft were saying that they'd love to play for okc and then even though we don't get free agents really um a lot of the time when these players don't want to play at some place, they're they're happy to come to OKC, you know, Paul George, Carmel Anthony, whatever, like you, you name it. So that's the kind of situation that Fresh is trying to build up. But uh speaking of not directly of us, but I mean the Knicks. Let's, let's talk about the Knicks, man. Let's talk about the Knicks. So they've they've traded their oh man. This is gonna be sweating. I don't I don't care about the Knicks organization, but my goodness, man! This stuff like you just get some like secondhand pain from from looking at the Knicks. They traded everyone. Yeah, literally everyone. They, they traded everyone, every pick, every pick, every player for cap space to sign Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Uh this is an interesting strategy. Um, I get when they so they traded Porzingis because they wanted cap space to. You know, to get KD and Kyrie Irving, like okay, that's that's no that's fair, that's fair no enough. Money. I mean, you got to shoot for the stars, you know what I mean. But uh, interesting to do that for Jalen Brunson to to pay Jalen Brunson thirty million, and all the reports seem to be pointing to him resigning. But uh, it's just an yeah, interesting. I, I can't wait to see like Knicks again doing everything and the player they want. It's hard to feel bad for them though because. Like yeah, they booed they they booed um Usman Jeng as well. Like why why just why do they have to boo every fa- every player that gets drafted? Like to the they have to boo every player. Like it's just a toxic fan base. But still, I do feel bad for them. Like what are their front office doing? And the fact that they needed to add first round pick ship Kemba as well, that's crazy. Like, yeah, when we. Uh, and he like his contract is like nine million as well. When he had we had yeah, Kemba, what? we had Kemba like with thirty plus million contract or something like that. We added first round pick to you for Al Horford, and that's it. And they needed like right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To ship <laughs> like, nine million. The other teams have gotten like either in your case a uh, like a championship uh, level like contributor. And us first round picks for a player, and they manage when he when he has like a really good contract to get nothing for him, and it's their own fault because 
they tanked his value. Look, he's not great, yeah? He's not great anymore. But not playing him for, like, a whole seat, you've got to play him a little bit. Like, they, they like, they would have completely kicked him out of his whole rotation for, for, for a moment. The thing is, yeah. he was playing well when he had a chance, like, and then he was playing well, and they, uh, they decided, nah, he's not playing anymore. We know how Thibodeau is. Like, Thibodeau will play an undrafted player over a star if they, if they play better defense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Knicks are doing. Because like... to be fair, it's probably hard to crack a Thibodeau um, rotation when literally he basically just has seven players playing at 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. But yeah, I, I don't get them. Like, as we as we always say, most trades you don't you don't know how good or bad they are right in the moment. It's really about the thought process and about the strategy behind it. But with the Knicks and the Kings and whoever, like they just don't seem to have like a strategy that makes sense because they just yeah. live in their own little world. That's it. Because what? Okay, what what is? What's what's Brunson gonna add to like their team that's worth all these like moving all these assets? Because look, if you like reconstruct it and you instead of saying they're doing it to clear cap space, if you just said if the if they just traded all of those things that they just traded in a straight up trade for Brunson, like that'd be insane. <laughs> yeah, that'd be insane. Like you're you they're trading way more assets than than the uh, the Rockets. For for um for Harden, no, we we got more out of our trade for uh, we got more out of our trade for the thirtieth pick than they got for um for trading us eleven because we got um we traded our thirtieth pick the, the deal that got us I think Jermichael Green um we traded our thirtieth pick to get uh. An unprotected, no, a top five protected pick from the Nuggets, which is crazy. Because, like, trading a 30th pick for a top five protected pick in what I think it's like 2027, like, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Like, that that is a good asset. Yeah, like, Nick basically ended up with nothing. Yeah, because I just feel like some of these franchises make unnecessary trades that they don't have to make. They just make the trade just because they want to make a trade, that's it. Yeah, because they want to feel like they they want to look to their fan base like they're doing something. I feel they've been bad for so long, but they, it just still feels like they're rushing. Like they're always in win now mode, but they they literally could have taken the long the, the long approach ages ago and been a much better place. Like the amount of teams that have gone from winning to rebuilding back to winning in the same amount of time that the Knicks have just consistently been average at best is just yeah. crazy. Like I don't know how they're just so lucky that they're in New York and like their fan base is so passionate still. Because as long as they're filling up MSG and as long as they have access to MSG, like they have no incentive to change. Exactly, yeah, but it's crazy. So, sometimes you gotta feel sorry for like Nick fan because like as you said, they are so passionate but like their team yeah. just does nothing good. Like they nothing are so well, like, passionate. Just... Like I, I was there in 2019, so I was there in 2019 after free agency. It was in August, so it was after they already missed out on Zion, KD, and Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, and we, I was in an Uber, and I was saying I was an OKC fan, and it, like he was just talking trash to me, 
and um I was like you're a Knicks fan like what are you what like what <laughs> you didn't get any of the players you talked about and this guy's just gassing up Julius Randle to me and all of that like saying like you know KD and Kyrie they ain't built for New York they ain't built for New York like <laughs> they ain't got that great just went to Brooklyn they ain't got that grit, man. They can stay over the borough in, in Brooklyn, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. Well, you know, it, it happens when, like, your team does that and, like, you just accepting the, like, the heat and, like... The, hey, not me. Yeah. Hey, not me, man. You didn't, you didn't hear a peep out of me after we lost in the Western Conference Finals. I went into hiding. I'm not, I'm not about to justify my team. I'm going into hiding for a few days. I, I don't care. Look, I rep my team proudly, but you gotta know when to take the L sometimes. You gotta know when to take the L sometimes. But okay, uh, since we are talking about the, the, we're talking about the Knicks, so let's. Uh, oh yeah, no, I did have one more thing. Uh, it's just dope to see uh, Ivy get drafted by the Pistons because all them tires and, and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, nah, it's just dope. Like, cause he he was like the one guy in the draft that like generally looked like he was like so grateful, like he was in tears. He can, yeah. And that that kind of looked like what it was supposed to be for um, Mikael Bridges with the Sixers, like back then, because he had all them all those ties. He was at Villanova. His mother worked for the 76ers organization, and then they drafted him. They, what did they trade him for again? I forgot. Like, because I remember, I remember he was out for a, he was out with a, like nut allergy or something. <laughs> oh, I forgot his name. Wait, uh, Knicks. I mean, 76ers. But yeah, I've not heard from him since. I swear he never played for them. Uh, draft pick. 2019. Uh, Zaire Smith. Zaire Smith. Yeah, what? I, everyone was so mad. And like he was so excited as well, and then they traded him. How do you draft a player like that type of story, and then you just trade him right after? And look at him now, like in Defensive Player of the Year conversations. Zaire Smith, I, I don't know where he's at right now. I have no idea. But yeah, I don't know. The, the 76 is like interesting as well. But yeah, uh, and yeah, Ivy, respectfully. But your mom, now nah, I'm done playing. Wow. Respectfully, <laughs> bro. Hey, hey. <clears throat> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. All right. But yeah, we're talking about the Knicks. So let's go over the borough to the Nets. Uh, they and, and the the mess. The Celtics, 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 Celtics broke them, man. Again. I mean, they they were the last, they were the last straw. They pushed them over the edge. But yeah, man, the, the super team thirty. What was it like? Thirty three games. Yeah. <sighs> man, all I, I mean, Rip Bozo, man, Rip Bozo. But things you love to see. Genuinely, things you love to see. Rip Bozo. Oh, now nah, that one, that pack is potent, bro. That pack is potent, man. Woo. Yeah, it's. Let me turn my fan on, man. Let me turn my fan on, bro. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's up with them. So they they're in a they're in a pickle right now. So they're kind of held hostage because they have. I understand it, like. What in like why would you max out 
uh, Kyrie for five years. Like he's not showing in any of the years he's been here that he can give the commitment. Look, he's a his as a talent, he's worth two hundred fifty million for sure. For sure, what I'm saying. I think they'd rather pay him two hundred fifty million for one year than pay him two hundred fifty million for five, because <laughs> like there's just he could be he could just leave for two weeks and say yeah like oh it's my sister's birthday yeah he can i don't know i don't feel like playing the rest of the season because kd because I'll, I'll wait for kd to come back like or, it's interesting very like i can see i can see Ned giving him like one plus one plus one plus yeah one yeah plus yeah, one, yeah but not exactly. like big contract like five years yeah you just it's just tough like that's a lot of money to commit that's a commitment that is not going to be reciprocated because for whatever reason, I mean, I'm sh- he didn't want to not miss. He didn't like, obviously you can't, you can't uh, predict the pandemic and I'm sure he, he wanted to be out there, but it's, it's not even so much just the vaccine thing itself, but it's just like, there's always something, one reason or another. I mean, I remember what it was like a, maybe a month ago that we went through the list of his play, games played. And it was crazy, like 29, 29, 50, 20, like, for whatever reason, he's, he's just always going to miss at least half the season. So yeah. it just doesn't make sense to commit half of your, half of the majority of your salary cap to one player. And, but there is one reason, and that is that your best player, who you probably only got because that player came, is best friends with him. So. Well, I think I can see like if Ned decide to offer him five year deal, but in that final like contract, there's like, oh, if you don't play that many games, uh, you're not getting like paid that much money or stuff like that. Yeah, but it, it seems like he doesn't even want to. Anyway, I don't know what the negotiations are, and I think I think the the compromise that they will come to, because obviously there's been all these rumors, Nets, uh, Lakers, Clippers, whatever, Knicks. I think it's all a smoke screen. I think it's just a leverage tactic. But I think where they will arrive to with pressure from KD is because I even think the KD rumors about him going elsewhere. I think all of that is a collaborative effort from KD and Kyrie to get the nets the, the nets to fold. Um, and I think they'll probably arrive at a contract similar to either Joel Embiid's first extension or uh, Chris Paul's, where there's games played incentives. Uh, it kind of has to be at this point. This has to be going. Like, even as Kyrie, you, you kind of have to understand that they have to protect themselves here. Because if you give him five years, because look, in just a short deal, the amount of leverage he was working with, he could just do whatever he wanted to. So if you give him five years, he can do what he wants for five years. Like, And it, it doesn't look good that he's in. he's been quoted in several interviews saying that like he would retire early. Yeah. So it's just it's a tough commitment to make, but you might have to if you're gonna keep Kevin Durant on your roster, because KD is I, I doubt I highly doubt KD wants to stay with yeah with Ben Simmons and role players. Yeah, and all these all these destinations that Kyrie's saying he wants to go to, they have nothing to give in return. So yeah. unless because it's being Lakers, floated around. Lakers and Lakers give the rust back. Hey man, the signature Taylor Horton Tucker and picks. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker is one of the best young players of, 
in the league, right? He's better than Shea. Yeah, but um, yeah, that that Lakers thing is because they're they're acting like Kyrie's insane, like clinically insane, because they're saying I wouldn't put it past Kyrie to opt out of his deal and sign a six million deal with the Lakers. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Six million? Yeah, I don't know about that. Because Kyrie wants, again, on Kyrie's side, he wants the security as well because he knows he's an injury-prone player. So he wants the security of a five-year deal. So, yeah, it's just like it's a tug-of-war right now. Uh, we're still far from free agency. So, But I I think he, I think he's on the Nets next season. Yeah, I hope that Kevin Durant is there because with all these Kevin Durant rumors, like everyone, oh, yeah. like KD is a different like, story. KD, if I can't remember another time where a player on KD's level was available for a trade. Yeah. So that that would be crazy. That would be unprecedented. Uh, yeah. So so many that people were talking. Like one thing that annoyed me, like. Brian Celebrini said, oh, but Celtics has the best... Uh, oh, yeah, the Brown dude. Nah, get out like, of here. Yeah, Come on, like, Are we still doing this? Are we still like, doing this? Like, Celtics went to the finals. Like, yeah, with we Brown still... and Tatum like, as the main guys, and you want to trade Brown. Okay, yeah, you get uh, KD. You probably win the ring, and then, but then Brown's going to be cooking everyone for 10 years, whereas KD... I don't. I, I don't get what the the Celtics have to like win like four straight titles for you to for for the split the Jays to stop. Yeah, like it's, and then, it's, and then, it's crazy. Jalen Brown like one tweet on Twitter and it says Jalen Brown gets so disrespected by Celtics fans, and it was liked by the Jalen Brown. But and and since then I saw like all the love for Jalen Brown, like all the love for Jalen Brown because you know that. There's, there are like two percent of people like on Twitter that's non-stop tweets stuff like that and like obviously like players notice but like it's always bad stuff like overwhelms the good stuff. Yeah, people only they, they only they only see the bad stuff. But also like it's Brian Scalabrini saying it, so that's gonna pop up. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. They so were in the finals they, two weeks ago. They were in the finals he's two he's weeks our ago. Our commentator. Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, they were in the finals two weeks ago. Yeah. Come on, please. Like, come on, man. And like, yeah. Jalen Brown was best Celtics in the finals as well. Yeah. So, I'm making zero sense. Best player in the finals. KD has fallen off as a defensive player. Uh, yeah, just like, what what are we doing here, man? Like, what? But yeah, I, and then you, you got Damian Lillard and uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Did they get hacked or something? Nah, they posted it on IG as well, man. Uh, that's the thing. I posted on Instagram and Nurkic posted on Twitter. Like, why? Uh, it's like the why did they post some? They posted some deep fried edit from like <laughs> I don't know yeah. who I don't know who made that. It's like Dejounte Murray posting Zach Levine's first. Yeah, Dejounte Murray is hilarious. No, because Dejounte Murray he. He tweeted like on um, emoji. He tweeted like Otto and Popcorn to a tweet yeah, about yeah. him about him being traded. <laughs> he does not care. He does not care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that's funny. That's funny. But yeah, I don't know this next thing. I hope it continues though. We need some drama for this offseason. I just yeah yeah. I don't mind that uh, drama, but like I don't want something to be involved in this. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah yeah yeah. 
but yeah, everyone everyone seems to be retooling and reshaping their rosters, so it should be an even more interesting season coming up. Uh, uh, before we talk about the Hornets, we could talk a little bit about. Um, I mean, Luka Doncic, man, he, he's he's not Luka Doncic anymore. He's looking he's looking like he's in some shape right now. That's annoying because he he he, he looks like he's ready for Eurobasket. I was gonna say, I was literally gonna say, I wanted I wanted to send it. I was I was literally gonna send the highlights to the group chat saying like, like Matt, is he hearing them footsteps? <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna let you enjoy. I'm gonna let you enjoy. And we play, and we play in the same group as well. Yeah. Uh, one thing. Hey, take we, the three, the three, we, the three, we, the three x three. Yeah, like that. What that was a insane run by both like men and women. I, I, I'm very happy for that. And the thing is, we added uh, Iggy Brazegas from uh, Orlando Magic to our roster this year. So, oh man, I'm very happy. Improved, very much improved roster now. So, uh, yeah, if you're a hoops fan and you're looking for some more hoops, man, definitely tune into Eurobasket because there's some stars in that, and yeah, it should be good. Uh, and we got the in a week's time, we got the summer league coming up. So, okay, see, look, look for us to get that chip because we we basically got half of our rotation in in the summer league. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> He's got like half of our rotation in the summer league, so we better win that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think we're gonna play for us this year because last season uh, our summer league roster went to the final. Brayton Prison was cooking, but I don't think Brayton yeah, Prison will play this time. The way our rebuild's going, man, we we should we should we should three p out here in 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 the next few. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I remember them guessing up the. I swear, no one used to care about the the summer league, and then when the Lakers won that year. And like uh, Zoe won MVP and Kuz won Finals MVP. Everyone was like, "Oh, the summer!" Like, oh, they, everyone's like, "Kuz is gonna be Rookie of the Year," and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, we'll finish. When, when people said that Kuz was better than Jason Tatum, <laughs> no, the uh, the Kuzma Tatum conversations yeah. for like two, three years. I was like, "What is going on?" Like when like it was Lakers fans are like, crazy. Lakers fans are insane. Uh, crazy. What do you expect from them? Yeah, but uh, let's. Okay, Hornets. Last thing. What are you doing? Like, so the Hornets is just a mess. So they officially hired Kenny Atkinson. He was in the process of looking for assistant coaches, building out his coaching staff, and then when the <laughs> when the Warriors won, he was actually like, he's probably sitting in the parade thinking, "Am I going to go from this to?" I'm gonna go from this to that poverty in in Charlotte. Yeah, eh, I, I think I'm alright. So he drops out, which I I don't think I've ever seen that. I think yeah. the closest the closest thing I've seen to that is uh, DeAndre Jordan pulling out from the the Mavs when he yeah when he know. when he agreed to sign with the Mavs and then like later he was like actually nah like he he made a verbal agreement and then but nah this is this might be worse because. He was. It's your head. It's your coach. Just like it's coach. It's like worse. But like, I fully understand him because, as you said, Warriors just won the chip. Like, why would you go from there for probably competing for a chip again next? I year? always find it so interesting. Charlotte. I always find it so interesting when um when coaches are doing like their interviews like during the finals. Like, it's it's so interesting to me that stuff. Because it's like everyone apart from the players is up for like 
is is free game. Because yeah. as we were saying with the trades going on from other teams during teams whilst teams are in the finals, like because that's so weird. Like your your team is like preparing for like game six and like your your <laughs> your uh, assistant coach is like interviewing with like another team. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was deeper than that. Even so, the winning was part of it, but also uh, Kenny Axel apparently was like, he really likes the Bay Area. Like he really likes San Francisco and that's like being a big thing for him living there. That's why he's he's been in conversations with other teams as well, but he's kind of turned them down because he'd rather be an assistant there. He just likes the culture and everything. So yeah, but okay, so they missed out on that. And during that process before hiring him, uh, Mike D'Antoni and him were neck and neck. And so they, I thought, personally, I thought, I mean, you couldn't go wrong with either, but Mike D'Antoni could have, probably could have unlocked a lot out of Lamelo. Uh, but yeah, sure. so they went after Mike D'Antoni again after Kenny turned him down. And I'm sure Mike was feeling like, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not your second choice. I'm good. So I'm he turned them down. And now they've gone back to their old coach from Kemba yeah, days, Steve like- Clifford. That's so weird. And why would you go for an old coach? Like an old coach that wasn't yeah. even that like successful. Yeah. It was like because basically Kemba Carrier so when he was coaching Kemba Carrier like team and everything. And I now go back to the same coach. So weird, like, man. It's usually like if you're trying to build something, you go for new stuff. Don't you need a back. new, fresher. Bre- you need like some fresh air, like in the organization. Like, why would you go backwards? I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. Like, MJ. MJ is. I don't know. This. This is. This is not good for his legacy, man. This is not good for his oh, legacy. Yeah, yeah. This is probably gonna hurt his legacy. That he's not the goat. He's not a goat. Legi- he. He's not touching the GM, bro. He's not yeah. touching the GM. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. The Knicks, the Nets, I mean, the Knicks, the Hornets, the Kings. Uh... All right, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Hey, well, I need impre- to know that OKC is in the right direction. Exactly. That's what I was going to say, man. Impresti, I trust, man. Impresti, I trust. Uh, we got we got Presti. You got you got Stevens. I mean, yeah, we, we're in good positions, man. Yeah. Right. I'm, I feel bad for the poverty franchises, but it's tough. It is what it is. It is what it is. It has to be poverty, so. Yeah, man, there's, there's got... That's, that's the food chain of the NBA, man. That's the food chain of the NBA. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be matching up with you in a few years, man. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. It's going to be like uh, when KD and Westbrook against, like, the older players, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Chet, Chet, that Chet Robert Williams matchup, man, can't wait. Oh, that would be good. That would be nice. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. All right, man. But all right, we, I'm gonna keep fantasizing, man. Thunder up. But yeah, with that, we're out. Peace.